Welcome to New Teacher Center's COVID-19 Resource and Community Support Series. In today's episode, Kristen Wendell will share with us some learnings from instructional leaders across the country. Hello, and welcome to our conversations about leveraging instructional leaders for virtual success. I'm Kristen Wendell with the New Teacher Center, and today I'm speaking with Eric McGuire, the Director of Personalization at Matchbook Learning at Wendell Phillips School 63 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome, Eric. I'm so glad to speak with you today. Happy to be here. So the purpose of this conversation is to give school and district leaders an opportunity to hear voices straight from the field. Other leaders who are doing the hard work of meeting student and educator needs during these challenging times. So let's get to it. Eric, can you give me a little bit of background information about your school, where it's located, your leadership role, and what learning currently looks like for students and teachers? I'm at Matchbook Learning at Wendell Phillips School 63. We are an Indianapolis Public Schools Innovation School. Um, what that means is we are a charter partner that um, Indianapolis, uh, that IPS scheduled to come in and take over um, a persistently failing school, Wendell Phillips School 63. We serve a student population of approximately 620 students. The student population is 98% free and reduced lunch. We have a fairly high uh, English language learning population, a lot of newcomers. We have a fairly high population of homeless and foster students. At our school, we provide a academically rigorous uh, blended learning environment where we leverage um, technology and student data to personalize and individualize instruction for every single student in the building. We are a one-to-one -one school. So in this new environment, in this new world, uh, many of our updates and challenges have been um, around securing equity and access for every single student, um, regardless of uh, their, their individual situation at home. What are some of the things you've done to ensure access through this time for your families? So um, immediately that first day that we um, were out of school uh, or were virtual, we started a process of having every single staff member kind of divide and conquer, reaching out to families, talking to them, finding out what needs they have at their home, whether it be technology needs, whether it be uh, financial worries about utilities being cut off. Food access was a huge uh, a priority area for us. Because of our, um, our student population, our students, every single one of our students has free breakfast and lunch, and those that stay after school for after school activities also have free dinner. We have uh, our McKinney-Vento population, our homeless and foster population. Um, we have a partnership with a local food pantry that um, we send food home on the weekends. So uh, a lot of it was around um, not only the how do we continue the educational model, but how do we ensure that those additional supports that we provide daily, uh, weekly, monthly, uh, continue to go without interruption. So we had that first day, about 20 of our teachers came and you know we weren't allowed back in the building um, except for essential staff. So a couple of the principals and a social worker got into the building. We got all of the, the food that we had ready to, to ship out. Um, and we did kind of a, a lineup with cars and teachers doing deliveries, kind of um, uh, Uber or Lyft style, uh, just lining up, getting bags and addresses to those teachers to where they can go to those homeless um, and foster families, those in the shelters, those in other places, and then those that 
were in that program and we just got them directly to their house knowing that that immediate first day we were trying to help secure and we had followed up with them to see if that following Wednesday worked for them um, because we also do early on the food access component for Indianapolis public schools wasn't particularly helpful for where our uh, student population is the majority of our boundary is located um, it would have been uh, almost a two-mile walk to the closest food site on a daily basis um, so we worked with Indianapolis public schools in that first week to enhance our delivery setup, but also then um, to get our school site established as an additional meal site. As that evolved over time, um, we were able to get, so students can come and pick up food Mondays and Wednesdays, enough meals for breakfast and lunch for the whole week. The school just next to us on Fridays between 4 and 6 p.m., families can swing by and pick up like a, a 14 to 16 pound box of you know, non-perishable food goods. So Initially, that first week, it was that, finding out what technology needs were there. We immediately made phone calls to families to help connect them to a lot of the internet service providers in the Indianapolis area. We're offering free setup, free connections for a couple of months, trying to both solve on our end what we could provide for families, but also solve for what is sustainable long-term for them. So as that time evolved over the first week, it was gathering information about what the needs were and then immediately beginning to plan for how we solved for that. Our one-to-one -one in technology environment, we had not ever sent devices home to families. Um, and we very quickly implemented a process for that um, to date. So we have approximately 265 households that now have at least one device that we have provided from the school um, about 15 or so of those, we have also included a hotspot. Um, we've purchased some additional devices to have internet access built in um, for those families as well. Um, a lot of that's just been the challenge that many schools are having where if you are purchasing additional tech, the, the supply lines, the stock and all of that um, is taking a little bit longer. We were lucky as a school to already operate on a blended model. So our teachers were very familiar with uh, creating e-learning friendly activities, lessons. Um, we, we were already very, fairly familiar with Zoom, so we had all the security protocols in place for password protections and all of that. The other thing we solved for that was a huge uh, issue that I think uh, other schools maybe took a little while to think through as well. We immediately, knowing that we were not going to be in the building regularly, um, we fairly quickly um, set up a Google Voice um, account with auto attendance that forwarded from our main school number. We initially were gonna have like a, a list to send up to families of you know, 12 or 15 numbers for the school to associate with different teams. And then we realized for a little bit more money, we can just forward our regular school line to this you know, helpline, whatever type setup that then they can get to the different teams and the different resources within the school that also just go directly to houses. So we don't have to give out personal cell numbers, but we have a teacher hotline that's available Monday through Thursday, which is our e-learning days. If they can't get through a line for the IT department, about 50% of our student population, uh, Latinx families, one of the first options they have is assistance in Spanish. We have, um, not only uh, teachers that they have the availability, the EL teachers that they can connect with and get that information, but then our bilingual social worker has an option through there. 
and um, enrollment or just general inquiries. So we've really thought intentionally about how can we have that presence as if we are in session and operating to have those access for families because um, the closest you can come to, to recreating that, the better they're going to, you know, families know our phone number. Um, they might not, they might not remember every other thing or every other person that they need to get to, but we can get that access from them. Then our e-learning plan, I mean, we've, we've been um, working really well with that. Um, part of my role has been overseeing um, usage, student usage and tracking trends on when our students logging in, what access, what platforms are they using, um, how many of our teachers are active on certain days, um, just to try to make sure that we are optimizing that learning environment, um, knowing that um, we, we already serving a, a turnaround environment and serving a student population that has a lot of need. We, we couldn't miss even minutes of an instructional day, much less weeks and months. Can you talk a little bit about how you are sustaining relationships between teachers to teachers, leaders to teachers, and then also thinking about student relationships during this time? Absolutely. Um, we instituted uh, something in those first couple of days that we call a, a joyful content project. Um, essentially, as we had that, you know, initial week of, okay, we're rolling out e-learning. We had some paper packets ready. We had a lot of things going out to families. We knew that um, our students have already come with a huge amount of trauma and some very difficult life circumstances. So in the time that we are trying to really roll out the best plan, what can we begin to do to get uh, our faces out there, to get um, our personalities out there in a way that families can connect and see? So we began in that first week having teachers record videos of them reading picture books, uh, singing songs, doing all kinds of um, just fun type things that we were posting across our social media. We were sending some links out directly to families on different videos um, that included both the um, access to resources and, and what we're doing and when we're going to be um, rolling out more information. Um, but then, you know, just fun, simple things like that. Um, the local news covered uh, one of our first virtual assemblies that we did. We used Zoom and a few other platforms and some video recording to make sure that we uh, we're able to post to YouTube kind of a video of what a typical assembly would be for our K through two, you know, kindergarten through second grade students so that they got to still have some of that joy experience. As we've gone through and that's progressed, we've done um, some additional TikTok style videos. Um, so 3-5 has theirs. The middle school team is working on one. We did a, a music sing along with one of our um, school songs that we've been working on that we have just posted. And then we've even gone back and done um, and reposted or, or reshared some of our um, year in review videos, our basketball teams, our student broadcasts, all of those types of things, just to also give that additional flavor of school. And what's been great about that is we've had such a positive um, response to that from families, but even more so a positive response from our teachers. So when we have our uh, bi-weekly all staff meetings, just the, the kudos that are shared, email back and forth, or people, if we watch part of a video, you can see the tears and the smiles and the hugs that are you know shared virtually as best as possible. Um, and it's something that I think you know, has a, a really uplifting effect um, for our, our students because 
you know, the reality for many of them is, you know, that there's going to be those additional supports and, and needs that they're going to have that are going to be either primary trauma or secondary trauma that some of our staff may be experiencing as well. On the staff side, our restorative and social work team has been thinking about and putting together some resources for additional supports, um, knowing that we hadn't, haven't yet solved perfectly the secondary trauma that teachers may be experiencing in connecting with kids and, and hearing the stories of what's going on behind the academics right now. Um, so we're working at um, putting together some support groups for that, some additional resources there. Thank you for sharing all of that. You mentioned a biweekly staff meeting. Can you talk a little bit more about how you've approached either through your role or the leadership team in general, supporting kind of teacher growth and development as they've learned to lean into their changed roles in this time? I'll talk a little bit of timeline. So for for our school, that Friday, uh, March 13th was the first day of the closure. We had one academic week and then it was going into two weeks spring break for us. Part of that two-week spring break would have already been three to four days of professional development that we had scheduled. So we pivoted that to a virtual um, professional development session. And what we did is a lot of that was going to already be around school improvement planning, looking at um, survey data, looking at academic data, and beginning to formulate kind of next steps, um, which was great because that translated very well to Zoom, um, to creating breakout rooms for um, discussion. We um, are a, a, a Google-enabled school, so all of the feedback was collected in Google Forms and in Google Docs. So we were able to, as best as you could, mimic a, a professional development and a, a collaborative space. And our teachers went way above and beyond on providing feedback and that support. We have targeted um, some additional needs as time has progressed over the last couple of weeks with helping train. So part of um, a part of my role, I've, I've put together some quick, uh, quick hits and cheat sheets for various platforms and things that we use, but also then walking families through and, and teachers through how students log in and what their login behavior is like and how that's different in this e-learning situation than before, um, you know, and helping them be better better enabled to cultivate um, a, a positive learning environment in their Google Classroom that has all the links that kids need so that um, if they, they are going outside of something that is approved, they're not consistently getting up, this is blocked, that is blocked, that you know they have the feel of, hey, I've got access to all of the, the academic and the schoolwork that I need. Um, so every other week on Monday, we have about an hour and a half long Zoom session, we start that as we've, we do every single school day where we have a circle topic and we discuss. Now, usually we discuss that in large group, um, but on Zoom with 100, uh, close, to, close to 100 staff members, that just doesn't work. So we have our prompt and then we go into breakout rooms that are randomly assigned. Um, so you have that time to go a little bit deeper with staff. Um, and then since then, we've moved into targeting skills or additional sessions um, specific to the needs of the different grade bands. So the K2 band um, has worked with our reading specialists on some additional things for sight words, for skip counting, for a whole variety of different resources and things. Um, our leadership teams have still been, our academic leadership team has still been holding weekly PLCs. Um, around um, very specific topics. We are looking big picture down the road of how we can 
better um, adapt should a closure like this occur in the future. Knowing that we always have had uh, e-learning days on our calendar here and there, and typically we've, you know, the students that had access to technology or, or devices at home, we'd let them do um, that assignment and send packets for everybody else. So now we're really thinking through how can we strategically manage the technology side and the e-learning side of that so that every student can go home log in and do a device and do the work that everybody is doing um, so that it is a, a, a seamless environment. So do you have a lingering question you haven't answered yet? So we know what we're able to provide and what we have been providing for our students and families, but we haven't yet thought through and really planned strongly for how do we support those families that maybe move into our boundary over the summer, maybe have come from you know uh, months of no school, um, that's kind of our big lingering question of how how do we continue to enhance what we offer with that mind of um, really targeting those kids coming in new that maybe have had a, a much larger gap over um, this closure. I think that that question is one that a lot of leaders are going to be wrestling with over the next few months, so I'm glad that you shared that with us. Finally, can you share a resource, maybe something you've watched or you've read or you listened that you think other leaders might find useful at this time? Probably one of the most helpful resources I've been sharing out with other leaders uh, is really just directing them to our website to have them look at what we are doing, what we are offering, and how we're solving for a lot of these things. Um, we've got on our main page our link to our home learning plan. Um, we've got links to all the different resources. So. Uh, if, if anybody out there wants to go and look at um, our website, it's www.matchbooklearningindie.org. Um, we've got links to both the resources and things that are just on the, the parent side, the food resources, all those things, links to our Joyful Content Project, links to our how families log into our e-learning platforms, um, but all of that just in one place, knowing that we think and we feel fairly confident that we've solved a lot of some of the struggles that other schools may be having. Uh, and so feel free to, to go to that website to look at what we're doing or even reach out to me on email from, from that uh, homepage. I'm happy to help talk through and, and try to help solve some of the local issues you may be having as well. Fantastic. Eric, thank you so much for spending time discussing your school with me today. I know that other leaders will definitely benefit from you sharing your expertise and experiences and wish you the best as you continue in this journey. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Here at New Teacher Center, we work to disrupt the predictability of educational inequities for systemically underserved students by accelerating educator effectiveness. We're here to support you through this challenging and unprecedented season. Please visit www.newteachercenter.org COVID-19 for additional resources, communities of practice, and webinars to support you through this season. Be well.